2: Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France.
3: And I'm Jen Romolini. And I have a question, Jen. Go right ahead, Kim France. Do you smell more than you used to? Oh, wow. Wow, we're just going there. Going there at, you know, one, 20 seconds in. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You answer first. (laughs) I I, I asked this question because
2: I obviously think I smell more than I used to. Do you smell more or you smell different? More. Okay. Continue. Keep keep cooking. Just like every, every part of your body that can emit a smell, I feel like is emitting a a smellier smell than it used to. (laughs) Maybe not my ear holes, maybe not my (laughs) ear canal. Maybe not my nostrils, but
3: like every other, like, you know, I don't know. All of the other spots, the, the smell spots. Um, and it's not it's not sexy pheromones, is what you're saying. It's like- no, I think I, I, I mean, they did a funny thing about
2: this on um, our favorite show um, with Pamela Adlon. What was it Oh, better,
3: better Things, Better Things. Better yes. Things.
2: There was a funny thing about like the smells that emerge.
3: Yes, yes, yes. They did a funny thing about the smells that emerge. Um. No, I, okay. So I am definitely sweatier and my armpits are smelly, but that's because of Ritalin. Mm. And then if I going to, we're going to get real technical here. When my pH is off because I've had too much sugar because I am really just... Not processing sugar correctly in this stage of my life, um, my other areas will smell in a way that is unrecognizable to me, including my vagina.
2: <laughs> okay, so there we go. There we have it. There it is. <laughs>
3: oh my god! I I didn't anticipate this. No, it's another thing nobody tells you. Nobody is like, listen, sometimes it's just going to have a funk. <laughs> a
2: funk. It's just going to smell really human. It's <laughs> really, really human.
3: You know what? At least it smells alive and not like old person stale and sour. Well, you know, old person smell is a real thing. Yes. You told me this sometime, but you also told me that you were served up an ad for old person smell. Is that, did I make that up? (laughs) (laughs) It may have been
2: some, I may have been served up an ad. It may have been something on Shark Tank. I can't say it's like, but I do think there's science behind it. I, I could be wrong, but I do think there is science
3: behind old person smell. There is, and I don't know what it is. I mean, we used to work with somebody who smelled like sour milk, like no matter what she and I'm not gonna say who it is. No, I'm obviously not in the podcast. (laughs) But I know. But like, no matter that that office was perfumed to the nines, like neroli oil scented, like everything, there was a person who just had like a sickly kind of smell to them. And I dated men like this too, particularly like serious drinkers who would have like a sickly, Mm -hmm. like milky sour smell. And you were like, ah, I don't know what's happening here, but drink some water. And, but this is different. Yeah. What you're talking about is a different experience. This is a different and I don't understand it, but I do notice that if I am not, let's say imbalance with, you know, my hormone replacement cream and my supplements, and I'm eating too sugar in a way that's like making me feel really crazy. Like I will notice it. That's when I, yes. But yeah. you're, you're saying everything like pits, everything, breath, breath. Do you feel like your breath oh breath I think my breath is like
2: the num- is like the number 1 or 2 concern like I get like my mouth I get a terrible taste in my mouth I brush my teeth so many times a day lately it's just like ugh
3: I think that the, the, the mouth thing is real. The mouth thing is because our whole situation is drying up and the whole, there's just like a different, there's a different pH in like everything. Oh my God. I was talking to my, um, to the woman, my, my naturopathic doctor who I go to along with a gynecologist. And um, we were talking about vaginas yesterday and she was like, look, I'm just going to tell you that some parts of this menopause whole thing, this whole menopause journey, they're going to get better. She's like, the hot flashes are going to get better as you're further away from having periods. This is going to get better. This is going to get better. But your vagina, it's going to get worse. (laughs) She was like, it's basically like going from a jungle to a desert. Yeah. And I was like, God, that's so fucked up and weird and mean it's so mean it's really mean i mean i read
2: a, a doctor said in the times a while ago it's like certain organs just sort of say later if yeah you're a woman yeah i mean think about it ovaries uterus just in there just just hanging out no i told you i had a dream last night that i was like really horny mm and it was like, old, old wow. times
3: old times horny old times horny
2: old times horny <laughs> old times horny like young horny you know like like humping the sofa shoes you know
3: yes 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 like yes like young like yeah, yeah. and then I woke up and I was like wah, wah. still the same lady I am now I mean you know I don't know I um I, I addressed everything because now, cause I am fully congratulations to me. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. My old life. I'm fully post. I'm fully out of perimenopause now. Um, though I'm considered she called, she called me postmenopausal and I was like, excuse me, ma'am. Like I was like, like, we're not, we're not using that term, which I was, it was shocking. But, um, so I only have to see her for a year. I I don't only have to see her once a year now, unless something's going wrong. Cause now we have my, Mm -hmm. uh, hormone replacement therapy all set up. So she was like, okay, let's go through everything you want. And I asked her about the, um, the, 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 vaginal estrogen cream. And she was like, Oh, that's easy. Yeah, sure. We'll do that. She was like, that's not, that's mm-hmm. not even a risk. So I have that coming, coming to me, but, um, you know, man, I know. Cause it's not, it's not just sex. She was also saying, you know, like, as you go from this jungle to desert transition, um, she was like, you're at like a higher risk for yeast infections and all kinds, like just all sorts of irritation, So she was like, it's, it's good. It's, it's, you know, it's good to treat it if that's what you want to do. And I, I certainly do. I'd like to keep it, you know, juicy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't, (laughs) who wouldn't, who wouldn't. Yeah. No, this smell question is interesting. Thanks for asking it. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask you a question? I think this is, this may be
2: kind of a hot take. Yeah. I sort of don't think men should get to be gynecologists. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, there was a time when doctors were only men. So the doctors had to be, gynecologists had to be men. But now that women can be, I'm not, I, I, I you know what? I, this no. is a hot take. I don't even know if I can defend it, but well, no, I, I, I know, I, know. Difference. I Yeah, no, it's a massive difference. It's a massive
3: difference. Come on.
2: Of course. Like yeah. a person who knows what it feels like. Like my gynecologist now is, specializes in menopause. She's a woman
3: uh, of a certain age. Like she, you know, she gets it. I mean, I've certainly never been as condescended to as I have been by a male gynecologist ever in my life. And, you know, one of the reasons I, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but similar. Um, one of the reasons I left my last therapist was because I was really struggling a lot with parenting. And I had a a childless- gay therapist who was, you know, who told me sometimes that he was dating or whatever, just like sometimes person pieces of their personal life come up. Right. And mm-hmm. his advice to me and the way he treated me around parenting was so off. It was, right. it was like desperately off, like so either too extreme or too, like he just, he he was t- completely out of his depth. And of course he was, you know, he can't, you can't imagine what that's like, this sort of real, like you can understand sort of, in theory, you can understand it, but you can't really understand how to advise someone or what is normal in a way, if you haven't totally experienced it. Right. And I feel the same way about a male gynecologist. I mean, I don't know if we should ban them from the field, (laughs) but I don't know if I'd ever see one again. No, I definitely wouldn't. Mm -mm. I definitely wouldn't. And there was nothing,
2: you know, I had a male gynecologist before the gynecologist I have now who I've been seeing for quite a while. There was nothing wrong with him. I just didn't think he, you know, there was just only so far I could ever go with him. And the conversations, like the type of conversations you need to start having when you get older and your body starts changing are harder to have with a man who hasn't experienced them and it doesn't stand to.
3: No. And they, yeah. And also, and, and couple that with the fact that on, you know, all of them have so little training in menopause, like, you know, so oh, it's, it's just, criminal. it's Exactly. So, so couple those two things together. And then, you know, I mean, I think that all these years that I was going to doctors when I was younger, it was just, I was recreating some sort of like patriarchal dynamic of like, oh yeah, sure. I'll take my vitamins, like good girl in the doctor's office, right. you know? Whereas at this point, for sure, and probably all along, I want to have a more adult relationship with my doctor. And no, that does not seem possible. Although I will say, and these are not men, I've been going to TIA, the TIA clinic out here, which is like a whole wellness. I really love it. Like they have beautiful robes and it's like a spa. It's just like a delight to go to the gynecologist. I think they have that here. It's really, really great. So Tia is like an all-inclusive uh, women's wellness clinic, and they have them in Los Angeles, and I don't know where else. I think I think all over the country in different different parts. Um, and they they actually have like acupuncture and mental health and you know all physical wellness, including a pretty robust um, gynecological practice. And I really love them, and I really love that experience of like. Just being in like a pretty robe, like talking to a nice lady doctor and like in a very beautiful, like mid century design, like it just is kind <laughs> of a different thing. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah. I'm paying the hundred bucks a year for that. I want, I want to feel, I like the way this concierge health feels, you know? Yeah. So yeah, no, I get it. I get
2: it. I had to get some blood work done, um, last week. And I, I mean, I went to this quest diagnostic. So it was like the ninth circle of hell. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. No, I know the the, uh, the that's the thing I'm getting old. I need to see doctors more often. I want it to be as lovely as possible, you know? So it's not even that I feel like I'm getting old. Oh, by the way, I lowered my cholesterol by almost a hundred points. <laughs> Congratulations, I know I just switched butter out for avocado. That was all I did, so you explain that to me well i was I was having a lot of having buttered toast a lot. I was having a lot of buttered toast. It was really because my stomach was bothering me, and i was i mean I switched olive oil out for butter too but every time that I want a butter toast, I just put avocado on it now. So it's not like a sweet situation, but I've just become like right. an avocado person. And I just eat a lot of avocado. Now I probably eat a whole avocado every day. And my bad cholesterol lowered fairly significantly. I, I think all in, it was like a hundred points in the total, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was like 75 points. I don't know what it was, something like that. But the the bad cholesterol lowered, but the high cholesterol, I mean, the good cholesterol went much higher So that actually Mm -hmm. balanced out my whole score because of this like avocado situation. And I didn't know that that, I was like, what am I going to put on my toast every morning? And like, sometimes I don't want like a nut butter. So anyway, I was in like, I was in like heart explode risk (laughs) of of, with my cholesterol was like over 300 or something. And now it's, Mm. it's, it's, um, it's lowered. And I did that in, I did that in over the course of like six months. So congratulations that's good news i know it was it was like it was like really nice news it's a dumb thing but like it feels good when you can get control over something that feels scary and out of your control Mm -hmm.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. so that was that that's my real takeaway that's my real takeaway there let's take
4: a quick break from some ads
1: that's blue Nile.com.
3: and we're back. I
2: have I have a, I have a bit of news that I haven't that I haven't shared yet. I would like to know it. Please share it. I'm listening to my first audiobook. Oh my god, I can't wait. And that audiobook is The Britney Memoir.
3: A masterpiece. Would you not agree?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. I mean, I had, you posted something the other day on your social media, <laughs> uh, a picture of her that she posted on her own social media where she looks really unhinged. Well, that, that, is, okay, that is, was, okay, that something- was a close,
3: that was a close friends only because I do not want to criticize her publicly, but go ahead, but let's actually talk about it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but the, the voice in the book is very appealing. It's read by
2: Michelle Williams. She does a really good job. Academy Award, Academy Award winning actress, Michelle Williams. Yes. Continue. Yes. Yes. She, she does a good job and the voice is very assured yes. and confident. Yes. And I feel like there's some gap between the confidence she it projects in the book and the togetherness she projects out in the world right now. The other interesting thing was at the very, very beginning of the book, Brittany comes on and says, you know, hi and welcome to my book. And Michelle Williams is going to take it from here. And I didn't recognize her voice. Like
3: I still knew her little girl voice. I, I think something that's very strange about the Britney Spears experience. And I agree with everything you just said. I think something very strange about Britney Spears as a cultural experience right now, which is maybe not a good lens to look at it, but you know, these are public figures. Is that if you, if you look at this person's Instagram, which I think that she is running, there's clearly something very, very off. It is not a person who seems well, okay. Right. the The thing I posted, you know, sort of quietly, because I I was like, oh, I'm I'm listening to this book. I want to see how she's doing. Was a video of her in barely a dress, a dress that sort of exposed most of her body. Um, you know, her the side of her breast for sure. Um, her ass is in another picture, like, fine. It's like, show your naked body. But in this particular one, she's also dancing with a small puppy in front of a Christmas tree. And this was October. And I am like, something's wrong here. And that we're all like, Oh, Brittany empowered Brittany. I, that, that disconnect is really like kind of freaks me out. That, yeah. that said, you listen to this book and you're like, oh, my God, what we did to her as a culture, what the what the press did to her, what these awful shithead men did to her, what her family did to her, what her oh, parents did. Yeah. I don't think she came out of it. OK. No, she got broke. She was broken. I, I think that's really what we're I think that's what we're talking about is that she's a broken person, which is so sad. It's incredibly sad and I, I I just found the
2: contrast really remarkable. Yeah. You know, I remember I remember when Britney Spears happened so well. Yeah. She was a teenager and she was
3: sexualized in a way like I don't think would happen today. No. No, no, it wouldn't happen today. We wouldn't allow it to happen today. But she also just had opportunistic parents that were just weren't weren't protecting her in any way. No. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really, really tragic. It's, it's really, it's so sad, but the experience of this audio book, it's almost like it's posthumous. Hmm.
2: That is interesting and sad. Yeah, it
3: is. I mean, I hate to say it. I'm, that's a horrible thing to say. And like, God love her. And I wish her every joy, every success in the world. Like I wish her all good things. But like, you know, you you read something like Jeanette McCurdy's book, I think that's her name. Yeah. Um, I wish my mom had died. And you listen to her, I just listened to an excellent interview with her with Mark Marin, and you can see that she came out of this this horrifying situation, uh, child stardom, you know, abuse, sexual abuse, all of these things. She came out of this. With probably a shit ton of therapy and she's okay. And you can hear that she's okay, that she made it out. Right. And she has a presence of self. And I don't really think that people want to talk about that with Britney Spears. And I understand why, but it's, it's clear that this is not, not okay.
2: No, it's clear. It's clear that it's not okay, and the conservatorship sounds like it was a nightmare. And her father sounds like an unholy nightmare.
3: He should be. He should be in jail. He should be in jail for he
2: what he did. He should be in jail. He should no be- from
3: the get go. Yep, horrible, horrible, abusive, alcoholic trash. He should be in jail for what he did to her. He he absolutely and and for the wealth and for how he profited off of her pain is unbelievable to me and the mother yeah no so her mother and this memoir so her mother just as Britney Spears is has lost her kids is in so much pain after like stacks and stacks of painful experiences and she's lost her kids she's just entered the conservatorship I think her mother is goes out with a memoir where Britney Spears is sitting at home watching her mom, you know, on the view on the, you know, today's show. And there's all of these video clips of Britney Spears cutting, you know, shaving her head bashing in that car, like the worst moments of your kid's life. And she, her mother is out there hawking this memoir, Mm. profiting, profiting off this
2: kid's pain. Unbelievable. And she doesn't, I I think she has problems with like her siblings and she never sees her children. And who knows what the story is there, you know, what the children feel about all of it. But she, she just, she doesn't have any backup.
3: No, she has nobody. As far as
2: I can tell. She has has nobody. nobody. And she was surrounded by people who were like, unkind and on top of it not very smart with no insight into how to handle somebody going through a very complicated set of
3: things yeah a very complicated mental health crisis which not even necessarily like a crisis that is warranted she has this abort she has this like very violent abor- not abortion that justin timberlake insists that she have at home and they don't have, he won't, he won't let her go to the hospital because she, because he doesn't want anybody to find out. Oh, what a dick. So like, she's just at home, like just bleeding in so much pain. It's just crazy to me. And she's not able to seek medical attention because he's afraid somebody's going to find out that she got pregnant. And yes, he, this like he is he was already dead to me because I mean he was so <laughs> shitty about Janet Jackson. Like he's just seems yeah. like a fucking asshole. But like this one, I'm just like, oh fuck you, Justin Timberlake. And yeah. also fuck Kevin Fe- and also fuck Kevin Fetterline, too.
2: That fucking guy. Yeah. No, she hasn't had a lot in the way of luck.
3: No, no, she made bad choices, but of course she did. She didn't know any better. No, she
2: was everybody's paycheck by the time she was like a, you know, a late teenager. Yes. Everybody. You know, I look at somebody like, I'm going to say it, Taylor Swift. Yep. <laughs> and she, and she has, you know, think what you will about Taylor Swift. She is a very good celebrity. She is. She's a good girl, you she know, is. and she's very close to her parents. You know, I, 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 I know more about Taylor Swift than I used to. And I know that I've seen some of these reels of her being backstage and just being like, where's my mom? We're not getting in the elevator till my mom's there. Like she's yeah. really connected to her parents. And I believe that one of them is always with her on tour.
3: Yeah,
2: And I think that having, and I saw it a lot when I was interviewing celebrities and teenagers, you know, it's sassy. Like, the The role of the parents cannot be understated, and it's yeah. a very tricky thing, but you were you were that child's like guardian that's fucking yeah. serious that's your job,
3: yeah, yeah, and it was really interesting when um she said Madonna like came by and like she was friends with Madonna and Madonna or Madonna like sort of tried to take her under her wing and was like, "You need to be tougher, you need to call the shots you you know and and Brittany really observed Madonna, but was. But said, you know, I was too sensitive for it. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah. some people
2: just are. Some people yeah. just are and can't handle. I mean, I was thinking recently about the 10 years I spent at Condé Nast. And I do think that they, you know, I always said this earlier, but I think those years broke me. I, yeah. wasn't, I wasn't the right person for a job like that, for a job that high profile. And that doesn't mean I didn't do parts of that job well. I just wasn't the right person to ever occupy a position like that. It was never
3: going to feel right to me. It was always going to come down on me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that level of sensitivity, you know, and I've had, you know, I've had like, you know, I've had agents, I've had, you know, lawyers tell me, you know, in my own career, like that I should be stepping into the spotlight more. Like, why aren't you more comfortable with this? You're leaving money on the table. I know that there's really only a level of public profile that I'm interested in because I'm just, I'm too sensitive. I'm too soft ultimately. And part of that, and I mean, we're, I'm not talking about like catastrophic, I'm I'm talking about like a hundred thousand Instagram followers, you know, I'm not talking about worldwide success. You have to be, you have to be able to have a hard shell for that stuff. You just have to. You have to not give a shit and be able to let things go really easily. And just, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit last week. There's like a steel involved in being a no. celebrity. There's like a fuck you. You're not with me. Okay. On to the next. Yes. I mean, it's, it's Madonna. It's Jennifer Lopez. It's just like, there has to be a thing of like, yeah, fuck you. I don't care. I don't yep. care. Yep. Yep. I always cared.
2: I cared. I always
3: cared. It always,
2: you know. It always destroyed me. Speaking of things that destroy me. Oh, go. <laughs> daylight savings time ended. Oh. Um. Which I know you know because it ended for you too. This is a very, <laughs> and everyone else, it wasn't just me. It's, my, it's my, one of my least favorite things. Like the leaves all fall from the trees and it's dark at five. And I'm trying to have a better attitude. I'm trying to think of it as cozy Yeah. But, you know, yesterday was the first day or no, the second day that it got dark at like really early and then it starts
3: getting dark early and then it gets starting, starts getting dark really early. And, and also in New York, it doesn't get light until late. No. So it doesn't get light until like eight o'clock and it's getting dark at the, it doesn't get light. The sun doesn't come up until eight (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. There's not a sunrise and then it gets the sun sets by four. Yeah. And that's, that's an, that's an intense, that's an intense crunch of light and time that you're going to see light. It, I'm also trying to be smart about it. And I, I, I'm like vowing, you know, I leave the house every
2: morning to walk the dog Mm -hmm. and then I'll be in the house all day sometimes. But I realize, like any day that
3: the sun is out, even a little, I have to go take a walk. Yeah. That's just good thinking. It's just good thinking. And I mean, it's different here. Like I, I couldn't wait to have the extra hour in the morning cause I'm getting up so early. So I was like, Oh God, I just want it to be light at 6am. I don't want it to, I don't want it to be dark for like a whole like hour and a half be- once I get up, it's just kind of yeah. depressing. Um, Yeah, I know you're the thing is, you have exited you're exiting the best time of the year to be in on the East Coast, which is September and October, in my opinion. Yeah. And you're entering like the and you know, you're entering the worst, like the holidays might try to fool you, but like you're entering the worst over here. I'm in the worst. It's so dry here. It's so hot. It's just like, you can't even breathe. It's 25% humidity. You just feel mm. like you're like breathing in like sawdust all the time. Oh. Yeah. Continue. That's also not fun. No.
2: <laughs> no, Let's continue. Let's see. What else? <laughs> let's see. Um, okay. I was thinking, you know, the New York city marathon was Sunday. Yes. You know, I'm not a crier. Something about me that bothers me is that mm-hmm. I, I don't cry there are like very few things that will make me cry. One of them is the New York city marathon. Okay. Like watching just regular, I'll just watch like video of regular people clapping for regular people running. It doesn't have to be the winners or anything. Right. Then the other thing that makes me cry is after a sporting event, like a basketball or a football game, when the players on opposite teams who are friends go
3: and hug each other. I can't, I can't, this is why I had to stop watching college basketball or I just, I couldn't watch it. I just, it makes me sob, especially when it's their last chance. It's like, Oh my God, this is it. And you didn't win Villanova. And they're all like, I can't, I just can't. I had to stop watching it. It would just devastate me. But yes, I agree. There is something about athletes giving it their all. That's just like busts me open. But like why why that and literally nothing
2: else? Like I'll wanna cry. I'll feel like, okay, right now crying is a pro. I think it's probably because of whatever meds I'm on that maybe, like, something, maybe. Something just made crying very hard because it
3: didn't used to be such a difficult thing to access at all. I love crying. Um how about engagements? I don't even believe in engagements, but if I see an engagement anywhere, <laughs> I will just cr- Ball. I just, like, burst. Out. I can't. And yep, if, yep. Yeah. I will definitely, like, an engagement. Also, it's all around
2: sports. It's so weird. Like, a sporting <laughs> event engagement. Like, when they propose at the, in
3: the stands, you know, and the, the big the big cameras on them. That's a big one, yes. Anytime. Another thing that makes me cry is anytime anyone is being nice to another person. Like, real, <laughs> like... <laughs> Anytime, (laughs) really, Uh, anytime, like, if I see it in any terrible, like reality show, if I see it, anything, I will just I cannot handle when people are just genuinely nice to each other. It just breaks me. It's a real, I just love it so much. And it just makes me so happy to just see that like genuine expression of kindness. It just it just it's because it's the best of humanity.
2: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Anyway. Yeah. I I wish I cried more easily. I I don't mind crying. Crying is like, you know, free to be you and me. It gets the sad out.
3: Sad breathing is what I like to call it. Um, (laughs) 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 But wait, did you ever cry? Was that, were you a young, were you a cry? Okay. What was your family's relationship with crying? Let's begin there. I don't, there wasn't a lot of crying. I, I didn't see
2: either of my, my dad was a person who would cry at TV commercials. Okay. Okay. So occasionally I would see him. And then when things got really bad in my family and my parents split up, I saw them both cry. Okay. But I remember that being highly traumatic. The first time I saw my parents cry, it was not something they did in front of us. Okay. Okay. Um, and I was the only girl I, you know, I, I think I was probably the crier. If Someone was the crier, but I know I've had times in my life when I cried a lot.
3: I don't think of you as being a crier. I don't think that I've really, I mean, on occasion I see you well up, but I don't think I've ever, I've known you for a long time and in a lot of different circumstances. I don't think I've ever seen you cry. One time
2: at Condé Nast, I was in a meeting with some of the executive floor guys, and it was a really important meeting about the website and whether or not they were going to give us money. And they told me no they are not going to give us money. And I was like, I thought to myself, I actually thought like maybe crying will work. (laughs) I've never tried crying. And so I started crying. And did did you get more money? (laughs) I didn't get more money, but it was like, maybe that'll work. Maybe all these like, you know, tough men will just soften at the sight of a woman crying, but that was not the case.
3: That did, that wasn't that wasn't the magic fix. Um. Do you feel like you stop yourself from crying? No, I would love to cry. OK, OK. All right. So it's just that it's just not right there. It probably is a med situation. I think it is a med situation. And, you know, given, you
2: know, it, it does enough good things that I can live without the experience of crying. Or if I want to cry, I'll just, you know, turn on a sporting event yes. at the end
3: when they <laughs> hug. Yes, because also crying is like a great release, but it can also be disorienting. And it can also make the situation feel, especially to somebody else if you're talking to, like it's much more serious than it is. And it can just sort of like, you know, because I cry at everything and I think it alarms people. But like, really, it's just that I'm just it's just it's just a natural reaction like it's just it, it does it's no different than you just like replying yes or no you know it's just how no, i'm having it's,
2: it's very endearing the fact that you're such a cry baby is a very endearing fact about you
3: yeah i mean i just can't i can't i can't stop it i can i can no more stop that than i can stop these hot flashes which by the way i'm having one right now for zero reason i'm sorry it's fine i'm just like sweaty it's gross it's gross um what else is going on this week? Well, it's gonna be
2: Thanksgiving soon. I know yes. that's not this week. No, it's but coming. It's coming, up.
3: Up. Is coming the, up. Is the
2: house is the house decorated for Thanksgiving?
3: Well, there is just there is a pumpkin outside, you know, that's sort of left over from Thanksgiving. And the inside of the house, I I'm not gonna lie that I have a lot of decorative gourds. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie that there's a, you know, there's a a pumpkin hued plaid tablecloth on the on the table and some Amazing. decorative gourds you know i try but you know thanksgiving's not a big decoration holiday it can be though i guess it could be If I was one of those people who was like buying, picking up like ceramic turkeys at Marshall's, you know, but I'm not that type of person or it was like gratitude changes everything with like some, (laughs) like one of those wooden placards with some, you know, a fully live, love, laugh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, but more specific to the, to the, the Thanksgiving. Um, my kids learning about everything about actually what happened with the pilgrims, it's, Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been looking over Charlotte's history, uh, homework and they're really in like early American history and God damn, the lessons are so different than they were when we were growing up. Like, I remember like coloring a picture of like, you know, a native American and a pilgrim, like shaking hands, hugging, here's our bounty. You know, my kids like Jamestown they murdered all the native americans like it's just you know it's uh, it's it's fantastic i think but um it's real different like my kid has no sentimental feelings for thanksgiving in any way because their education has not led them to think that it was like a time of like a right. time of, of a great time you know <laughs> So, yeah,
2: it's amazing what I wasn't taught or what was given. Like, I think the entire Holocaust was given maybe three paragraphs in one of my history textbooks. That's wild. That's wild. And in Texas, you know, most the there are um, advocacy groups in Texas who are really into censoring textbooks or looking at textbooks, and they're very powerful. And so people write, or I don't know if they still are, but at a certain point, like when I was younger, they were very powerful. So when I was growing up in Texas, we had these Texas history textbooks that we, we took Texas history for a year when I was in middle school, because they were so, they were so powerful. They would get these books published.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, and look, I mean all of the band, like, this is a really, a real split in our country is happening where half of this country is being educated in one way. And the other half is being educated in another way. I mean, California's education is, you know, teaching critical race theory and, you know, really, you know, my kid has the people's history of the United States. They have like a, they have a, a version for teens and I'm, you know, as a progressive liberal, I'm very pleased to see these things being taught and i'm I I'm, can't imagine why anyone wouldn't want this to be taught because I think that it will create a more compassionate nation but yes. i am I am you know not in the minority, but I'm in the you know the the half of the country that believes that,
2: yeah. Ugh, I'm so not looking forward to this presidential election. I'm just oh. starting the, the the Times. The cover of the Times is just every day is a little bit more about it. It's a, I just I'm not up for it. I, I I would like I would
3: like to skip it. I'm like, I'm like I have a book coming out. Which country will take me after this book comes out and just let me <laughs> teach, like just take me Copenhagen, hire me. Let me come work at a university. Like I want out of this. I am really not, nobody likes Joe Biden. Everybody thinks he's too old. It's, it's really terrifying. I think Joe Biden's been a good president and I've said this before, but no, like people don't like him and they think he's done a bad job and they don't care. The Trump is like, basically on trial for like 79 crimes
2: (sighs) I know I know I'm not even I'm not taking the bait because I could go on and on and on the whole thing upsets me so much
3: well anyway we have international listeners so if you want to take us we'll take this show we'll take this show on another uh, European road just (laughs) Yeah, yeah no
2: we're we are as we've heard we have an audience in Copenhagen that's a lovely city
3: lovely lovely we would love we would love to come there I you know, I, I could teach all kinds of things about the, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Storytelling. <laughs> okay. On that note, I um, I have to go take my kid to school. Um, so we can wrap. I think we're going to wrap. Yeah, I hey, think we're, we're going right. to wrap. All right. I we're think it's appropriate. Um, thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. It makes a difference. If you want to support the production of the show and keep the lights on around here, join our Patreon at patreon.com/slash everything is fine. We blog there, we put special episodes there. If you want to follow Kim, Please find her on her excellent, excellent Substack, .substack kimfrance.substack.com. You can find me at Jen Romolini's Vanity, where I am still recommending beauty products. I have new ones, or I will at some point soon. The show is mixed and edited by the great Natalie Rivera. Thank you, Natalie. And we'll be back next week. Planning for your
0: next trip?